0: Welcome back to Emmaism, a philosophy podcast for students of philosophy, because that really is what we all are, seekers of knowledge. Happy Monday, and it's time to philosophize to start out the week. Today, I'm going to be talking about some interesting links I've been able to make between religion in India and Altusay's 1970 essay on ideology. So I'm going to talk about two main papers, Ramila Tafar's 1988 essay entitled Imagined Religious Communities. And Richard Eaton's Temple Desecration, which was authored in 2000. And I'm going to talk about how they've enhanced my understanding of religious identities in South Asian history in terms of how I perceive the connection between religious identity and ideology, which is something a broader... Um, something of a broader significance, and it's, you know, a, the bigger takeaway of this podcast. And so in this podcast specifically, I'm going to advance a specific explanation of how these texts have further provided insight into understanding of how ideology operates in informing religious identities and historical practices in India and, you know, South Asia more generally, but just this historical progression of that. So... To motivate this explanation, I'm going to be referring to Louis Althusser's 1970 essay entitled Ideology and Ideological State Apparatuses, if you're interested in looking that up. Althusser's essay posits ideology to represent the imaginary relationships of individuals to their real conditions of existence. And on this account, ideology has a material existence as a result of the participation of the subjects in constructing its history. Ideology interpolates individuals as subjects. There is no ideology except for concrete subjects, and in this destination for ideology is only made possible by the subjects themselves. Religion can be understood as an ideological state apparatus, while identity, and religious identity, more specifically itself, is a manifestation of the consciousness of that ideological state apparatus. So... An ideological state apparatus is a social institution that is a part of civil society that disseminates ideologies that reinforce the social structures in place. It reinforces only an imaginary tie to our material conditions, because it reinforces these social structures that have historically accrued. And now, I approached Tapar and Eaton's pieces with this ideological framework and this specific conception of ideology, and their pieces enabled me to apply ideology to a religious history and identity in South Asia in order to gain this deeper understanding. It shows us more generally how philosophy can be used to analyze history, which is a very important finding and realization for historians, philosophers, and, you know, just people who are interested in the progression of civilization altogether. But tapar and eaton illuminate historical workings of religious ideological state apparatuses and they provide insightful analyses pertaining to how beliefs and practices are spread and connected with religious identity in south asia so i don't know we'll go into romila tapar i believe just first um I'll, i'll outline generally what she believes to be true so in Imagine religious communities, Ramila Tapar presents and discredits three ideas of religion that have historically circulated in India. And on her account, individuals in India in 1989-1988, they assume that Hinduism is monolithic, it's well-defined, and it has components based on Christian assumptions. Tapar identifies communal ideology as a legitimizing mechanism for establishing the rightful place of recently conceived ideas of religious communities because it pairs a political program and a specific historical interpretation with the religion of interest, which is Hinduism. And so... She posits that the socioeconomic reality of India made possible for the fabrication of the historicity of recent Hindu conceptions, which is indicative of group participation in ideology as defined by Louis Althusser. The establishment of new deities and attempts to create genealogies that link the new deities to older recognized ones um, demonstrate how individuals are deriving imaginative ties to the real conditions of existence and they in this way they alter history to be conducive to the unnatural development of an old tradition they're trying to get people into it so the also includes an analysis that follows this of why certain groups might come to acquire and spread this prevailing belief of a, a christian assumption based hinduism that's how they're altering the history by people, you know, using translations of religious texts. Tapar identifies assumed Christian influence as one of the supporting beliefs um, that supports the idea of modern Hinduism. And Tapar sees the translations of religious texts from Sanskrit to English, and the Community understanding of Hindu nonviolence ethics as reflecting a Christian undertone. In this assertion, it is held that Christian and Orientalist scholarship's participation as historical subjects, by practicing in that specific translation and ethical interpretation, transformed Hinduism into something that is fundamentally not. At least, it is not in its most historical and authentic self. The adherence to that false belief, one of the assumed Christian influence by the Indian populace in 1989, is indicative of the spread of the religious ideological state apparatus because the participation of the translators and ethical interpreters in the ideology is what caused its material existence in the first place. Tapar's essay ultimately reveals how religious identity is integrated with and influenced by historicizing mechanisms for expanding and adopting cultural beliefs. Those historicizing mechanisms were the establishment of um, new deities being connected to old ones, and then the translation from Sanskrit to English for Christians who were trying to get a better sense of what Hinduism was, and and those translations are what proliferated. So these specific instances in Hindu history where individuals are participating in the creation and preservation of religious ideologies that are shared by Tafar really enhanced my understanding of how these ideas can be historicized to contribute toward a greater building and developing ideology. And so they have a direct tie to religious identity in that way. So now we're going to go on to Richard Eaton. Eaton's main aim in temple desecration is to show that the desecration of temples was not solely motivated by religion. That is, political and economic factors are also reasons that contributed to these conflicts. Moreover, Eden provides more historical context to the Indo-Muslim state, of, state practice of the desecration of temples, because nationalists historically held that all temple desecration in the past was solely due to religion and no other external factors. And Eden identified the core political factor that influenced temple desecration to be the motive to eliminate the tie between the deity of a temple and the ruler of a state. This divine right to rule was very important back then because subjects regarded their religious identity as affiliated with their r- ruler's divine right to rule. And so they practiced it, They participated sorry, in the ideology by legitimizing the place of the historical practice of temple desecration. Historically adopting this dominant pattern of looting royal temples and carrying off images of state deities, while also affirming temples as natural sites for the contestation of kingly authority, demonstrates the public's participation in the creation and perpetuation of ideology. They are part of this material existence. They, They really make the practices that inform the ultimate belief. By keep on doing these practices of temple desecration, they further make the historical record suggest that this ideology is something worth perpetuating. But practices are indeed governed by rituals in which ideological practices are inscribed. This is what Althusser is saying. They fuel the material existence of an ideological State apparatus. In this case, temple desecration fueled the material existence of the ideology that connected religious identity to the legitimization of rulers. Religious identity in this way is closely related to political factors that would then go on to motivate temple desecration. The set of material practices only exist if subjects do them. In the case of temple desecration, there is a history surrounding their existence and evidence that religious identity, along with politics and economics, understood as apparatuses contributing to the religious state apparatus, you know, was created and maintained by the exercise of an ideology through practice of, you know, temple desecration. And so, The religious ideological state apparatus in India is inseparable from the recent historical actions of ideological subjects, and so it is closely linked to the development and preservation of individuals' religious identities. Tapar identifies the ideological actions to be a historical construction that molds Hinduism to be understood distinctly from its origin, but also to see that it is one progression all at once. So it's a historization in two ways. One, for Hinduism to be looked at as something that it was not, but also for a recognition that this is how Hinduism potentially always was. It's a historization that makes it appear to be something that it is not fundamentally. And so... That's what the par is saying. Um, so she's saying individuals in India during 1989 informed their religious identities based on the idea of accepted, you know, Hinduism generalized generalized ideas of what Hinduism is. So religious identity then can therefore be understood as something that is dependent on the existence and workings of religious ideological state apparatus. The dependence is derived from the element of historicity that works to establish and maintain ideological state apparatuses. Eaton identifies the foundational practice of ideological participation to be temple desecration, where the historical practice informed the belief about the tie between religion and the state, and therefore between the religion and oneself. This illuminated tie demonstrates that religious identity in South Asia. Is deeply connected with greater political and economic motives of maintaining ideology, and it does not stand alone as the sole influencer of the desecration practice, which are the expansion of empires and the legitimization of rulers. Tapar and Eden identify the imaginative ties between religious thought and real conditions of individuals by analyzing the disconnect between prevailing beliefs and actual history as they connect to religious identities in South Asia, My belief has been really enhanced by these texts because they have informed me of how religious identity in India was influenced by external factors, by historization, translation, and practices motivated by politics and economics that shift the manifestations of religious ideological state apparatuses at work. So that's it for today. We see how applicable ideology is to various points in history all over the world where we can point to... Um, subjects contributing to the material existence of something that is almost self-confirmatory in a way. We see subjects participating in an ideology where practices come before belief, and they reinforce those practices due to a historical record of it. So that's it, basically, the general idea. It was a short podcast today, but if you enjoyed it, be sure to take a look at my book, uh, How to Excel in Undergraduate Philosophy on Amazon, and all other major bookstores in both print and digital. That's all I have for today's episode of Emmaism. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep searching for the truth.